0: Satyoga is the art of living in the state of love. Love is our natural state. But we have become denaturalized by accepting the programming and the conditioning of the ego-mind. The ego-mind is generally not in a state of love, which is not news to you, I can see. (laughs) It's usually in a very judgmental state and mostly attacking others for being judgmental, which is the most self-righteous way of being judgmental. But also attacking oneself, feeling negative and lacking in all the games that the ego plays in order to make itself miserable that we know all too well. So I won't belabor that point because I'm not here to keep you in that state of misery. <laughs> I would like you to see that that's not our natural state or our real state. And it was simply an indoctrination into misery, because that is how you become adapted to social living and accept the miserable conditions that most people have to live in. But we don't have to accept that. And we can change our world by changing our perception of who we are and what this reality is in which we live. But to do that, we have to stop being judgmental about ourselves, even about our ego mind, by accepting the fact that we are loved by the infinite self. If you can't get out of the finite ego, at least know that there is an infinite I, an infinite self, that encompasses and envelops the ego-mind. Even though you may not ordinarily be focusing on that or be aware of it. But it is the meeting of the finite I am with the infinite I am that creates bliss. And brings about a realization of love that can remain eternal. Because it is, in its very essence, eternal. In fact, many religious traditions use a term that has that definition for the understanding of the supreme reality. for example, the Shinshu Buddhists of Japan and they worship Amida the word Amida means the Buddha of infinite light and eternal life Amida is the equivalent of Shiva or Allah, or Christo, or whatever name you happen to prefer, but whatever name it is, it is referring to that state of divine love that is your own essence. And so we are remembering our essence when we meditate, and realizing we can live in that state, and we don't just have to be in it for 40 minutes once a week, but it's ours for eternity if you want it. There's no obstacle except your own lack of desire to realize the infinite i am but you are still the infinite i am whether you want to recognize it or not that never changes it's just a matter of when do you get tired of your suffering and want to live in love and bliss as soon as you make that choice it happens why so few make that choice (laughs) That's a whole seminar. But nothing stops you from making it here and now. But it does mean letting go of that mind that enjoys its judgmentalness. It chews on its judgments like a dog on a bone until its gums bleed and then it likes the taste of the blood. That's the problem with the ego. But when you like the taste of love better than of the blood of your own suffering, you'll be free. And so many of the religious traditions, like the Eucharist, say, drink the blood of God at least. If you're going to drink blood, drink the blood of Christ. Or the blood of the goddess. In India they drink the menstrual blood of the goddess, as we talked about in the seminar. That's the blood of the flow of divine love. There's no suffering when we drink that. That's the nectar. But to drink that means that we let the kundalini rise, leave the ego behind, and enter into the blissful self. And the radiance of that energy field will immediately descend upon us. You will experience it as grace. comes to you. It will be given. God does not withhold. God is not judgmental. God does not say, you don't deserve it. I'll give it to them, but I won't give it to you. No, that doesn't actually happen. You may project that that is what is happening, and then you will make it a reality for yourself, because your consciousness can... Resist God. God isn't going to fight you, but the energy of the God or goddess of pure love will descend upon you and permeate you and fill you the moment you invoke that. You have it as a right and as the reality of who you are. Just don't resist it. Don't refuse the grace of love. But the ego-mind does tend to resist it and choose confusion or negativity or something else because what the ego knows is the moment you accept that love, the ego-mind will dissolve, will be gone forever. Because it can't compete with love. Once you have the taste of both of them, misery or love and bliss, it's not hard to make a choice or eternal bliss. And so if you're putting off tasting that one so that you can make the determination of which you prefer I suggest you give it a chance and then you'll see that letting the ego dissolve is not such a big loss. And then there will be silence in the mind and Peace. And everything will flow in a very spontaneous and natural way, and you won't have to pre-meditate, because you'll always be meditating. And there will no longer be a finite I, or a me, that blocks the infinite Self from expressing its energy through your mind, with thoughts, but mostly with feelings, sublime feelings and intuitions, and the ability to sense this world with full aliveness and vibrancy. Because the ego mind is not alive, you see. What we don't recognize is that it lives in a plane of words. And that plane of words buffers out the beauty, 99% of the beauty of this world that we're living in, we're not aware of because we're always judging it. You know, even if it's a positive judgment. Oh, look how beautiful that sunset was. Was. You know, it's gone. <laughs> what am, what, wait till I tell what the other guys missed by not seeing it. You know? And the ego is more concerned with how it's going to use the beauty to serve its egoic purposes rather than surrender to the beauty. And it doesn't realize that the beauty that is being witnessed is itself. It's always in the subject-object duality. So the beauty is always another that then makes you want to desire it and you never get enough of it. And you're always chasing it. But then when you get it, you don't know what to do with it because you can only think about it, can't really be one with it. And so you end up letting it go and going back to your state of lack. But when the ego mind is gone, then you are the beauty that you perceive. There is no separation. And that's why Ramana says, there is no world, the world is God. And you are that which you are perceiving. So all of that realization of beauty and love and joy and peace and freedom, light, empowerment, all of the gifts of God are available for you now, here, immediately. You don't have to buy them on the installment plan. You know They're here now just by letting go of your sense of separation from that which you really are. And you do that simply by silencing the ego mind and just discovering what does it mean to be. Be the presence without words of that supreme energy, which is always there as the ultimate perceiver of your reality. Let go of projecting your identity into some representation of an image or a set of words or ideas, and bring yourself back into your center, and you're free now. Nothing could be simpler. And once that is done, there'll be no ego left to undo it. So, I hope that you choose to give yourself the gift, the grace that is yours. The moment you say yes to the love that the Supreme Being wants to give you so that you recognize that you are that.